Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 122. And Ben, I just want to uh, pass on some feedback from your stand-in hosting uh, okay, yes, good. performance Very good. on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was tremendous. Thank you. Yes. Ling, specifically Hai Ling, uh, said that you did a bang-up job. And you did. So thank you for taking the reins from my sick little hands. Absolute pleasure. And it's my also my pleasure to pass those reins back at you. Because you are now sick. I've got a very <laughs> sore throat. We just share everything mm-hmm. in this family. We share work. We share an office. We share a bed. And we share germs. That's how it goes, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but... You did do a great job. So thank, thank you. you. We apparently made a lot of people cry in the last uh, week. Couple of couple of really deep messaging podcasts. Yeah, but look, I'm I'm glad of it. To be honest, mm. I think sometimes we need to need to stop and actually pay attention to the uncomfortable. Yeah, agreed. And sometimes it's more uncomfortable than others, but. Feeling much better. Do you feel like the year is now on its downward spiral? <laughs> spiral. <laughs> That's a telling word. <laughs> well, it's like we're both getting sick and, you know, it's we're both emotional. It's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah, no, I do. Uh, I think it's pretty common hmm. to head into the last month of the year feeling a little bit... Uh, not at sea... Like, uh, just quite, quite <laughs> desperate to finish up so that we can, you know, have that break. I know a lot of people feel feel that pressure coming into the, the holiday season. So uh, it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do, actually. I feel, aside from my book projects, which are, you know, ongoing, I feel like things are really rolling nicely into December now, uh, which, is, which is lovely. Yeah, good. So... So, <laughs> episode 122. Mm-hmm. Who do you speak to? I. This is our first four-time guest. <laughs> my first and only ever four-time guest. Uh, Belle Masterman. So, mm-hmm. so Belle was one of my first guests. She mm-hmm. was on episode six. She was on episode something else, and then she was also on <laughs> something else in May. <laughs> I'm yes. so prepared. <laughs> so you did speak it to her in May. Where you came up with that awesome phrase, knowledge, knowledge nugs, yes, which has been voted the word. It's actually being um, recognised in the dictionary for the the word. Oh, really? The like the Oxford Dictionary, or yep. just our dictionary, like the book that we fill it up with? Words. Doesn't matter. Okay. So what? Last saying, time was knowledge nugs. What saying you know enters our vocabulary this year? This we time? have a bit of a cliche party. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we do. Um, so last time, for those of you who actually you probably don't remember, it was you know more than half a year ago. But Belle was talking about some big decisions that her and her husband and two boys were making in terms of where they were going to live and what life was going to look like. And they were kind of in the middle of it. So it was this sort of awkward, can't really talk about it because the specifics aren't locked down, but we're in the midst of a change kind of thing. And we had a really good conversation about, um, about, you know, the decisions that go into making big changes. And today is such a beautiful follow on six months later, because all of that has now Settled, and their life is completely different than it was six months ago. So six months ago, they were living in an inner city suburb, in a big house, 
a beautiful family home, generations old family home. And now they've sold everything and they're living in a tiny home. It's, <laughs> I, I recorded this at Bell's house yesterday and right. it is like a genuine I've tiny home. I've photos, yeah. yeah. Like it could be on that tiny house show. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, 50 square metres or something. Yeah. We talk about it a bit in the, in the episode. Uh, and they're on like a river land. They're planting huge veggie beds mm. and you know, growing crops and they've got cows and, and life has quite literally changed mm. in pretty much every way possible. And we talk about what that actually felt like to, to go through that process of change and the challenges. And because I received an email a couple of weeks ago from someone asking about digging deeper into the tree change mentality mm-hmm. and what it means, but also what it actually looks like, because it's a very romanticized vision, you know, let's give up city life. Uh, not for everyone, don't get me wrong, but like, like let's give it, give up our busy kind of city life and go and live in the country and Belle talks about all the amazing benefits of that, but she also talks about the like the inconveniences and the, the challenges and the obstacles that they're facing, and you know the the questions that they're having to ask of themselves as a result. And it's such a great insight into what a big change like this actually looks like, because we we hear stories, we read an article, family sells up, moves, you know, moves to the country, bliss ensues, but you don't actually get to see what day-to-day that looks like and she's really open and generous and honest about that so we talk quite a lot about that and uh you know as a result the recalibration of what her why looks like and what that actually looks like in the the day-to-day living as well and as always she's just got so many awesome things to share and we you know we slip into the cliche party occasionally which is quite hilarious yeah awesome i'm looking forward to it yeah, but it's it's a really good conversation. So as I mentioned, we did record it in her home. So the audio is going to sound a little different. We're going to do a lot of those now. I we think. are. That's something in-person, in-person for next recording. year. Yeah. We're Just not so entirely sure what next year is going to look like yet mm. for this podcast, but obviously it will continue because we love it. But I, w- I really want to start doubling down on in-person mm. conversations because there's just – there's something phenomenal about being able to do that and to, hmm. to dig in. So, um, yeah, this is take this as, as an example of what we might hmm. have to offer next year. But Sounds good. Yeah, enjoy uh, Belle's conversation. And if you wanted to check her out, best place to do also is, is either on, in person yeah. or... <laughs> Go for a big drive out of Sydney. No, she's uh, on Instagram. She's uh, Sabelle Masterman on Instagram and also The Slow Road which is a little project that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy. Hello, my friend. <laughs> hello, lovely lady. I love that we just said hello, like... <laughs> been sitting here talking for an hour i know and then i just hit record (laughs) we finally got around to hitting the button yeah exactly so bell we are sitting in your amazing new new ish new it's new home last time we spoke we were trying to figure it out was march or april i think yes i think so sounds right can you tell me this is 
you probably can't tell me in a nutshell. But what has the last few months seen for you and your family? Because I mean, I guess last time we spoke, you were you were talking about a move, like a, cha- a big change, but it wasn't crystallized yet. What? <laughs> where are we, and why are we here? So it's a 1960s log cabin that is 50 square meters and it's so funny because it's actually smaller than the studio apartment I used to live in by myself in London (laughs) and I'm living here (laughs) three other humans (laughs) three other humans namely my husband and my two boys and we love it um it's it's been an amazing shift in so many ways and challenging and delightful and heartfelt and scary all in one big mm. oh, actually little house bundle <laughs> one, almost one could say a tiny house bundle oh, I do feel it's really funny actually because I do feel a bit fraudulent on the tiny house thing because it's not a forever home for yes. us that like we are building a shipping container house up the hill and we'll be moving there and I it's I, it's really funny how even comparisonitis can strike the tiny home realm because yeah. I look at these amazing tiny home living people and there's like six kids and <laughs> <laughs> they're living in a postage and stamp gra- and grandparents and whatever living in a 30 square meter you know, <laughs> home and I'm like well, we're not doing it that tiny, so we're not really that tiny home. But it's so funny because, yeah, there's an element where I go, wow, and, and we have a shed as well so yeah. that we have stuff stored Storage. in. So, so that also probably makes us a bit a fraud. Fra- yeah, we're a tiny home <laughs> fraud. <laughs> there I said it. Um, but it's so funny because it has actually, I mean, I think there's a couple of factors that have been very much in our favour and one is that our kids are quite small yep. still. Um, but they're old enough to cope with things like ladders and, and things like yep. that. And we're lucky in the way that uh, our children have, you know, because our younger child is far more physically competent than our older child has been. Um, and so it's been a lot easier to sort of consider having him having, A, a ladder to climb up to his loft bedroom and, B, a lot more outdoors access and it, just in terms of, because we we can't fence in the way that we had in our city home. So there's been a lot of things that I've really had to adjust my brain to. Mm. But let me step back because I think where we last left the conversation <laughs> was about a poor old bird dangling from a tree. And yes. if, you, if you want to hear more about that story, you probably have to listen to the old yeah. podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I can go there again. It was all. It was horrible. It was. It was, it yeah. was horrible. But actually, but that was kind of a turning point for was, you, wasn't it? It was. It was a really big turning point. And the thing that I've laughed about through the whole thing is the bird life mm-hmm. being being like these kind of odd sort of talisman through the whole thing. Like, oh, there's been so many funny ones. Like we had this just as we were. So we sold a city house and we bought a block in the country. And it's an old orchard on the river with this tiny cabin. It's a little tiny log cabin. And we were we we were selling the city place and moving to the cabin. 
and we were sort of doing this thing of operating between the two places and because we were lucky because we were able to rent out the log cabin Mm. before we finally settled on the city house so which was perfect because it could we were able to sort of introduce the kids to the idea of moving out to we called it our river home for a while yeah. and that got them used to it and got started they started to get excited you know they sort of warmed to it because initially it was a bit confronting but for it's them. a nice gentle transition yeah. i mean it's different very it's different very from very your, different your place in the very city very different and this is part of the hilarious things we had like we were inner city like uh, I mean seriously it's 10 minutes to the CBD where we were living like everything on your doorstep everything on our doorstep we were and we were at a point where you know I was able to go to the farmer's market and I was able to go to the bulk foods shop and I could ride my bicycle to drop the kids you know at school and I could you know catch public transport everywhere and do all of that and I had it all you know my my eco lifestyle was so down you know I could I could you had it sorted I had it sorted you know because I was there doing all that and you know when you're in in a city there is that huge advantage Mm -hmm. that there's a whole lot of infrastructure available to you when it's not that you lose a lot of that depending on where you you move to but in for where we've moved it's very rural where everyone grows their own vegetables and and all of that which means which is lovely but there's just not a lot of infrastructure which is why I found it hilarious when we were at this point between sort of oscillating between these two worlds that we once one time we drove back from our river home to our city home and there was a bush turkey sitting on our front gate and of your city home of our city home (laughs) and I just burst out laughing because I for those that don't know what a bush turkey is in Australia we have these really no not the brightest birds (laughs) but they're they're they look like a turkey kind of and I don't even know any much about them but they're just not the brightest birds they like to dig big piles and they're very country Birds like that, you yeah. find them in big open spaces. If you're in camping, country, if you're, you're camping, gonna find, yeah, 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 you might have to sort of deal with one that's sort of an inquisitive one that's yep. sort of decided you've, you know, you've set up tent on its on its mound or something. Uh, where and because we were in the city, like we were like surrounded by free, you know, well, no, no, so free, but we were so deep in a city. To find this bush turkey was just, and they're a ground bird. So we're like, how did you even get here? <laughs> the traffic it had to dodge. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about, you know, there's ring roads and freeways and, and all the things it would have had to pass. Had you ever to... seen a bush turkey? Never. Ever. Oh, only in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, but not the... at home ever. No, no, not no, at no, your... no, no, never. Like never, ever. And there was this bush turkey <laughs> sitting on our front gate and I was like, Oh, you're feeling as out of place as I am right now. And mm. I looked at this bush turkey and I was like, yep, yep, I feel you. Mm. And it was so funny because he just kind of set up home in our garden for a while. He was just digging around. And it was quite sweet because we'd had to give up our chickens at this point to do the sale process for the house and things like that. And so we'd given our chickens to some friends and we were really missing them. And so we, it was kind of nice to have this crazy bird. lost bird, uh, you know, in our garden. And then it was really funny because after we moved out, my neighbour said the bush turkey went, went, he left. 
And it was so funny because I just feel like he was my little, you know, lost soul. Yeah. Sort of talisman. It was really sweet. And I was like, because I could just relate to this lost bush turkey who, because we'd already made the decision. And I think that was an, like, I guess where I'm going with this story with the bird is that we'd already made the decision to go. Mm. And so, so what did that decision look like? Because your house, um, your house was very important to you and yeah, your family. Look, it, it was my grandmother's home and, you know, when she'd passed away, she'd left it to my father and then when he passed away, he'd left it to me. Yeah. So it was a very important home. Yeah. And I guess we just realised, like the bush turkey, mm. we weren't in the right place anymore. Yeah. Like we just realised... The things that we wanted and the, the thing, our, I guess going back to the workshops that, you know, you and I did mm. together last year and your exercise of, you know, setting your intention or doing your why was such a powerful thing. And I think, you know, it rubbed off on Gordon and he sort of started to realise, you know, was he doing what he wanted? Mm. and. And, yes, the house, you know, and then similarly, I guess, when we were talking about having your home as a place that actually supports your why and having a space that is a haven and something inspiring that you actually feel supports your why yeah. and your and it reflects it and as reflects well. it. Yeah. We realised there were a lot of limitations on the place. So we couldn't ever rent it out. Um, because of crazy tax thing, like it's just the bureaucratic stuff. Yeah. We couldn't ever rent it out, um, which meant we couldn't ever conceive doing a long holiday or you know, just something that yeah, you wanted to do to travel. A big, yeah, yeah. A big part of what we wanted to do. So travel was a big thing. Um, we're starting to have issues with the neighbours with our chickens and and you know all that kind of stuff, and so we realised we weren't. We were a bit like the bush turkey. Yeah. We weren't in the right place anymore. You knew what you wanted, but yeah. it wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. And we'd, I think because of your why exercise, we'd started to really clarify what it was that we wanted our lives to look like. Mm. And we realised we had this huge privilege of choice. And we were like, we are, we are so lucky to be in a position to actually choose how we want to live our lives which is really quite rare. Like, you know, it is it is a huge privilege and we feel incredibly lucky to be able to make that choice. I mean, having said that, it does, it is scary. Yeah. Like it's been challenging in ways that it's been quite surprising and mm. then easy in other ways. Like in terms of the actual decision and the angst and the things that I thought I would feel about leaving the family home... I thought I would be a lot more angst-filled about it. But right. because I think we found the river home and it felt like home very early on. So we once as soon as we kind of saw it, it felt it had a real resonance of all the things that we loved in our city mm. home. And and it also offered all the other stuff that we wanted to incorporate in our lives. So we wanted to grow things and grow as people and grow, you know, chickens and grow vegetables and, yep. you know, grow in that way. So it allowed that. And so I guess because we had the compass point 
oh, this place that we'd fallen in love with that just felt like a much better fit yep. for us. It made the decision to leave a lot easier. Yeah, I think there's something in that. Like, mm. There's definitely something in that. When you know that the next step is the right step, it makes even those difficult choices or those sticky conversations or those questions from people who are like, why are you, what, why we've, did you, we've had a you're lot of moving those. where from where and why? <laughs> like, it makes it so much easier because you're like, no, no, but this is, this is it. This is where yeah. we, we want to be. This is the right next step for us. What were some of the fears that you did have to face up to though? Like what? what uh, would- I think the, the f- I don't know if they're fears, but just we copped a lot of criticism. Right. Which I don't think I was expecting. And I also don't think I was expecting to feel as affected by it. Mm. So I, one of my favourites was when someone said, they came out to our riverside, which is, is so far removed from our city. You know, we had a beautiful big city home yep. that a lot of people would have wanted. And I loved it equally. I loved it. I adored that place. But it just wasn't the right fit. So when they came out to our river home, they were like, have you had a midlife crisis? <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing because I was like, I sort of, I was a bit taken aback at first and then I kind of went, well, I guess if a midlife crisis is doing what you've always dreamed mm. of doing and having the courage to do it, then yes, we've sign had me up. Sign me up to the midlife crisis. Yeah, oh my goodness, I'm nearly 40. It was like, but it was, I think there, I mean, there is something to be said for that because I think there was a moment for Gordon and I, we just realized that if we didn't do this move now, then the kids would settle into school and then everything kind of gets locked in and they build these great friendships and then it's a lot harder harder to to leave. And then we would be leaving after they've finished school and that suddenly, that's quite a long time down the track. Mm. We just realised that it was kind of, not necessarily now or never, but it was certainly a lot easier now to do something like this. And if... We both suspected that we would regret it if we didn't. That's a really powerful thing to think about, isn't it? Like if you if you kind of flash forward 20 or 30 years and you think if we don't do this, how will we feel? Ben and I are kind of working through that at the moment with a few things and we did last year as well when we started the business. And it's that, it's that uh, like the ability, I guess, to look back over the, the 30 years that you've yet to live and think, how am I going to feel about it? Yes. And I think there's something really powerful in that yes. because it sort of strips away all of the the, the momentary stresses or concerns and really asks you to, to look at what you will or won't regret. And I think it's, it's really powerful, I oh, think. It, and it's incredibly useful because I think any leap of faith I guess the other elements that have been a bit scary about it is that we are in a world that we don't 
Neither, Gordon and I both grew up in a city, mm. so we are learning about living in the country. But can I say, you guys have taken to it like ducks to what? Every time I, well, I've been out here a couple of times and you're like, oh, yeah, and here's our bush bar and we're building this amazing fence and here's our river and we've just put in these huge garden beds and we just, like, you have... You have competency written all over you. I don't know. You're probably like making it up as we go along. Oh, completely. <laughs> completely. Like I have to laugh. Like it's just so funny. Like there was this moment I I just pissed myself laughing because, you know, the tractor broke down and the cow died and we were like, this is like some blues, you know, country and western song, you know, where the cat truck died, my, my truck died and, and my dog my dog died and my truck broke down, you know, ling, 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 you know. And we got it and I were like, oh, we're going to start singing country and western songs and ling, 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 ling. Where's my banjo? <laughs> but it was so funny because I, having grown up, both of us in a city, no idea, you know, broken down tractor and we're running around trying to get this fuel filter for a tractor and then the, what do we do with a dead cow? And you know, it, was so, and it, was just, it was so funny. And then like even little things like going back to the bird theme, but it was so funny because we've got this bower bird that set up a nest right near our driveway. Yeah. And the very first thing I was like, Oh my goodness, why is there that pile of rubbish there? You know, goodness, I better clean all blue that rubbish. Up. And then my, the part of my brain just twigged, it's all blue. Who does that? Oh, it's a power bird nest. Yeah. They like to collect blue. And then I was so fascinated by the bowerbird's nest so I was stalking the poor bowerbird and then I got really excited because you know this the bowerbird's this beautiful black and it has this blue sheen to it in the light which I'd never seen before because I'd never seen a live mm. one and and then of course the blue seems to reflect help reflect the that blacky blue sheen that they've got on their feathers and then it, you know that's the boy and then the boy lures the brown felly bless her cotton socks plain looking you know lady bowerbird and she, she was in the nest and I was all excited I was like oh he's got a mate and so I was stalking the poor bowerbird and then I scared off the off the girl bowerbird and I felt terrible because <laughs> I was like oh no I've I've ruined it for him that's you a know, real he's bush worked. turkey move <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no. And then so – and because he's gone to all this effort to bring all this blue stuff to the lure, the lure, this lovely little, you know, bowerbird friend, and now I've scared her off. And so then I had the guilt, so I found all this blue plastic. And then I put more in there, which is probably completely the wrong thing to do. But anyway, I, I did line it up and he did take it into his nest. Right. That, you know, I figured that was – but I was just thought – so now he has – I think the most impressive blue bower of any bower bird, purely out of guilt, which I think says quite a lot about me, really. <laughs> oh. but, but I guess in terms of the challenges and just because sometimes we do completely feel out of our depth, mm-hmm. and I think you're right that the having that vision, the bigger vision of looking back at our life and thinking what would we like our life to look like mm. and you know and actually I love the fact now that I've you know had this inter- have this interaction with the 
bowbird, you know, and and this thing. <laughs> Even though I'm completely out of my depth, but it, it does mean that I have to let go of a lot of, you know, a lot of sense of competency right. and. Is it a challenge to your ego? Yes, it's been completely challenging. Mm. Oh, completely. Like even just I didn't realise I would feel challenged by what the neighbours thought of us living in a tiny home and driving a crap car. Like I notice everyone in the country spends a lot, yeah, has a lot more effort on their, you know, has newer cars than us. (gasps) Which blows my mind actually because they just like dirt roads and stones and I know I'd just buy a beater well I know and it's really funny and I didn't realize this stuff would confront me Mm. but I didn't realize I sort of had a tribe that I operated with in town that you know that kind of boosted me up so we only had one car and it was a crap car and but it worked it works perfectly fine yep. and I think it's great because it gets us from A to B but I am finding it hard to readjust into this new world where I am the outsider mm. and I am the oddball and I have to embrace it whereas I thought I was happy being the oddball where I, because I was an oddball in a suburb but I had my oddball friends yes and so I it sort of allowed me to feel confident in my oddball. You weren't alone yes. in it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you and I have spoken about this a few times since you guys have moved and you touched on it before. When you were in the city, you didn't necessarily have all the elements of the kind of life you guys wanted to live, which was the space and the ability to grow things and more things, and you know, mm. and, and create this kind of home that you wanted necessarily. But what you did have was the convenience factor of all the other elements of the kind of life that you wanted to live. And this is something that I've lamented before, and I don't live as remotely as you guys, but we don't have, for example, a bulk food store nearby. There's one an hour away in each direction. We don't have like anywhere that we can buy, I don't know, like organic produce easily like it's not just there whereas when you're in the city you would have had those things so how are you finding that adjustment I've had to learn to let go of a lot of that stuff and a lot of the things I realized that I was attaching my um, identity and my ego I was pretty proud of the way I was living in rightfully the city. so and yeah. because I was making a lot of stuff from scratch I was making a lot of my own beauty products and so you know sort of um, body body care stuff uh, I was you know using my good cloth bags Mm. I was bike riding to the bulk food store and I was bike riding with my basket to the French you know the French basket French basket of course of course farmer's market and I've had to let all of that go like it's just I realized I have to drive places I have to go somewhere I have to drive and because we haven't actually set our vegetable gardens are in place but they're not you know, nothing's produced yet. Um, we've we have to buy from the local produce store, which I'm really excited about because it is a market garden. Yeah, it's literally local. Yeah, it is yeah. literally local. So that's cool. And you know, there's there's so the fresh food thing is fine, but in terms of the other produce like grains and and flour and things like that, 
And the fact we don't even have an oven. We yeah. have we have a wood fire oven. And I had this romantic notion that I would be that person who would have all the doughs ready to bake bread on pizza day, which is Friday. We always have Friday night pizza night and we still always do it. But I had this romantic notion that I would make multiple doughs on that day to bake our bread for the week on the same day so that once you've gone to the effort of putting the wood fire oven on in the middle of summer, <laughs> I would do it all at once. And I'm not that person, you know, and I used to bake, you know, the, the morning tea stuff for the boys and have it all ready for the week for their lunches and things. And I haven't done any of that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and it, I've had to let it go. And I've had to say, I am the person that buys their bread and it's only available in plastic. And also I can't, even, you know, the milk that I buy has to be in plastic here because I used to be able to buy it in glass or yep. paper. And, you know, and I've lost my beeswax food wraps. <laughs> it's just somewhere in the move. There's somewhere, you know, somewhere underneath it all. And I've had to let a lot of that go and say, Wow, I was, you know, I was, that's not who I am, but it is an important part Mm. of, it is important to me, but I've had to choose sanity. Yes. And my little, if I could have a hashtag for this whole thing, it would be hashtag choose sanity. Yeah. Because to choose sanity, I've had to let go of it. I've just had to go, oh, well, I buy my bread in plastic because I can't get up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning to put the fire on to bake the bread because I've also got to live and I've also got to build these other things that we're building and doing. And you can't do everything. everything. You can exactly. you can you can do a lot of things, but you can't do everything. Yeah. And I've really I've really had to be <laughs> almost have stern words with myself to say it's okay. Yeah. I am enough. I'm doing okay. I'm doing the best that I can. It's it's a part of the process, mm. you know. I think it is a part of the process, and mm. I think it's a part of the process of uh, of slowing down too. Like we were lamenting the fact that we need a label for any of these changes, and like I I'm I'm not a labeler. I don't love labels because I think labels very quickly become hashtags, which very quickly become caricatures of themselves. Like I talk quite often about hashtag slow living. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, really? <laughs> well, it's true because, I mean, I realise it's convenient to have a label. Sure, and I get, I get it. To I have do a get handle it. for people to hold on to. But then it quickly becomes a prison and yes. it quickly becomes a cage. Exactly. I think, it, I think it's helpful in the beginning because it gives you direction. It gives you like a nebulous sort of blurry image of what this is going to be. But as you start to get closer in and you start to do the head work and the heart work of focusing on what that actually looks like, you realise really quickly that there's going to be compromises and it's either going to be compromise in your sanity or your sleep or a compromise in your, um, you know, what it looks like. And it's not a compromise in your values or anything like that. It's a choice. And I think... It's also a, a patience and understanding that you'll figure it out. And if you don't, it doesn't matter because here are all these other things that you have changed. I mean, you were talking about the fact that you can't, you're not baking bread, but I'm looking around your property and you guys have done the most tremendous amount of work and you haven't been here that long and everything has shifted. And the change that I've seen in you and Gordon is phenomenal. Like just in and of yourselves, you're 
so so many other things are happening, but we still tend to, as humans, I think, focus on the, oh man, I'm buying I'm buying bread again. I'm a failure. I, it completely, and it's so funny because I go, oh, woe is me. But you're right. We do feel so much lighter, mm. like rid- ridiculously so. Like I have this feeling. It reminds me of after finishing school. And for years afterwards, I always felt like someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and say, it's about the holiday's over, you've got to go back to school. And I do have that feeling of that someone's going to turn around and say, you've got to go back to mm. your city home because, you know, you've had a lovely holiday. This was a nice break in Wasn't reality. It nice in, you know, but you're going to have to go back now. And so there is that part of me that has to remember the lightness that we mm. have. And, and I just, the fact that, when the boys wake up, they're outdoors and, you know, they spend their time on the tractor with their dad during the day and it's just, it's, it is so different. It is so different. Mm. And, yes, we've had to give up a lot but we feel like we've gained so much more. Yeah. And, and practically speaking, I mean, you're already looking at different options, like you're buying in bulk and ordering online of grains and cleaning products and stuff like that there's ways around it you know it might not look the way it looked when you had the convenience of all the infrastructure around you I had matching vegetable cloth bags you know (laughs) (laughs) thank god they were matching that's all I can say really important yes fancy little labels on absolutely that was just otherwise they don't hold vegetables well if the garlic didn't go in the garlic bag woe betide you know So, but you're already like figuring out ways around it, you know, around. Yeah, the... I think that's the thing is that um, what it's the oh, that's that word integrity, but it is that intention. Oh, even better, that's the words, words. They're so limited. It's a cliche storm. Oh, I know. Quick, <laughs> let's all just cliche it together. We'll have a little cliche party, why don't we? Um, but it's so true because. It is, I think, the bigger picture. Like it is the thing where I can look back and I'm not in similarly in if I'd looked back, you know, as a as you described as sexy octogenarian. <laughs> yeah. um, of course, I'm going to be sexy. Of Naturally, of course. <laughs> uh, and I looked back at you know having to flog myself in a corporate job and put my child into childcare. You know, but which you know would have been fine if that's if I had loved that kind of work which I didn't and if that was in keeping with your why yeah it's but but similarly the details of you know having my cloth bags will pale in in significance when I look at the bigger picture of the the house and Mm. the home that Mm. we're creating for our boys and I look you know they're constantly covered in dirt which is equally confronting. Like I have to get past this, you know, the fact that I have, I am the mother of those children, and you know, we turn up at the shops and like they, I'm like, oh damn, I forgot to wipe the faces, <laughs> and, and they, you know, they're just they're dirty, but they're happy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's I have to remember, and I have to step back, and I have to remind myself that 
you know, <laughs> I'm not going to remember in 40 years' time that I turned up at the local shop with grubby children. Exactly. Or maybe I will and I might be proud. That's know. right. They exactly. <laughs> exactly. I highly doubt that it will be a regret, like a major regret in your life. Yeah. Everything else was good, but Damn. kids were dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. And, and there are funny little things like, you know, I used to have these immaculate white sheets. Well, I had, they had to go. Yeah. You know, they had to go real fast, you know. Because everything is just dirty. Yes, yeah. we're just dirty, and which is part of what we wanted. Yeah. But there's also there's always a flip side, and I think that's been really interesting. And we just we just the lightness and the joy and all of the bigger picture stuff is very much in place. Mm. I just have to get used to the details. Yeah, I liked what you said before about the kind of the 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 details of the the sort of slower life that you'd attached yourself to being as unimportant in the long run as um you know as the things like the lampshades or the shoes and the stuff that we've you've moved away from over the years because I think when we're making these changes, we get so bogged down into like the minutiae of what that looks like. And are we doing it right? Am I following along the guidebook of minimalism or slow living? And how many boxes can I tick? And in the long run, that's not going to matter either. I think because, well, it might, but I, I think if we're able to look at these changes and sort of see, yes, a bigger picture for ourselves, but then a bigger picture broader in the community and the planet for me anyway is a, is a huge thing and like those tiny details will absolutely make a difference um in the long run when a lot of people do them but we can't beat ourselves up over them particularly if what we're doing is actually helping to affect change in a bigger way as well you know and that's something that i think i don't know i sometimes i struggle with with things that i struggle with <laughs> I think so what like, what so a true. what a what a privileged silly thing to be worried about. Like, geez, if everyone's problems amounted to matching vegetable bags, what a good life that would be. You know, but you know what I mean. So sometimes I really struggle with the things that I struggle with, and I think if I think what I need is to start to focus bigger. You know, like yes, focus on the life we want to live because I think once you've done that, and if it's particularly you know what we're kind of trying to do is slow down and live a more, you know, values-based life, but then have that flow on, that ripple effect impact to the community and the, you know, people around us. But also what can we do to, to shift things in the world? Because there's so much inequity and so much, yeah, you know. a lot of big stuff. There is, you know, and I just, this is where my head's at at the moment. <laughs> like I've been very emotional the last few weeks, but. I don't know where where do we draw the line in worrying about our own our own little things and thinking about the bigger things. I don't know. Like that that's not a yeah, question that really I'm expecting hard. an answer like, for. Like no, but. it is really hard. And I, uh, <laughs> I'm about to destroy a really lovely quote, but I read <laughs> um, the wonderful poet Mary Oliver, who is guiding quotes in my life. Is what will you do with this one wild and precious life? Mm. And she also, I was just reading yesterday and it's something like observe nature, be in awe of nature and share the wonders of nature. 
And it's really funny because I've sort of been wrestling with the the sharing part over the last couple of months just because, again, in hashtag true sanity, it's quite time consuming to do mm. to do that sharing part. And I know it's an important aspect of it. But sometimes when you're in the process of actually living life, taking time out to share it and, you know, use, use it as a time to um, for the greater good, mm. for sharing the message and things like that, it's, it's quite hard to find the time or find a way. Like we were without internet for a while. And so it, finding a way to make it work within my life and also trying to do it for the greater good as well. You sometimes you also feel like, what's the point? Like, you know, it can be it can be quite depressing when things happen in the world and you go, Oh, really? What's the point? You know, <laughs> you know. But then I also have to just remember like we can just do the best that we can and we can, you know, lead a, a good life and do our best. And sharing sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the last time I had the knowledge nugs. This yeah, time yeah, yeah, cliche, cliche, cliche party, cliche party. But yeah, it's really it is it is interesting finding the balance, and I do feel like the way that I want to share the message is changing mm. as well. So, and I don't quite know how that looks yet. No, no, it's I'm yeah, I'm just really. I find myself conflicted about about it at the moment because my philosophy gen, generally is you make small changes and there's a flow-on effect. You talk about it, you don't evangelize, you don't have to be like that annoying person, but you <laughs> shh, Brooke's coming. <laughs> Dad's not sitting next to her at yeah, dinner. Yeah, I know, she'll just so bang on boring. about slow living. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh such a bore. Um, but... I, I <laughs> she'll go talk really slowly too. Do you know how many how many early how many early uh, reviews of the podcast had a go at me because I spoke too slowly? I'm like, guys, you're just listening to the wrong podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, or you could listen to it at 1.5 speed. That's fine. Um, that's fine. Look for the solution, people. That's no, I'm just joking. I'm, I am joking. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I think, yeah, my, my my generally it's, you know, kind of show show people by doing rather than than you know evangelizing, but sometimes I I feel like we need agents for change, and I'm really conflicted on what that actually looks like. I really am, particular. I don't know. I'm just in a weird place at the moment if you guys have been listening to the last few episodes I've cried in more than one so you're you're aware of that um but yeah it's it's fascinating I think you know what in the end I think listening to stories like yours and to see the change in you guys and to see the decisions that you've made and the the challenges you've come across and surpassed is the most inspiring honestly yeah but I think what you guys do because you do, you, you are there every week and you're doing it every week is, to me, more powerful because it's consistency is ultimately the most powerful mm. thing. And it's like, uh, you know, that advice with parenting. It's not necessarily being the perfect parent, but it's like 
just being there. Mm. And it takes so much courage to be there as a parent. But I also think that applies to any relationship or any friendship. You know, it's about being there and turning up Mm. and doing it. And that's a bit where I, you know, I just admire what you and Ben do because I think, I think you're turning up and you're doing it (laughs) and it takes a lot of time and it takes a huge amount of work and it's massive. And I just hope that people realise that the amount of work that you guys do because it's huge, Mm. you know, and you turn up and you turn up every week and you're there. And that's the thing that I realised I... I need to find if I am going to do, a, you know, share the story or share um, the content, you know, um, then I need to find a way that actually works for me. And I don't know if that is, I don't know if that is going to happen or how it's going to happen Yeah. just yet. But it's, yeah, things of, you know, it's just, I guess, a part of the flux. It's a part of the change in, in the approach because... I feel like I was so busy setting the vision for what I wanted my life to look mm. like that I I got the picture right. And now that I'm actually living it, I don't feel as much of a need to set that vision in place. So I was doing a lot of content production around my own vision. Yeah. And now it's in place and I'm doing the work of living that life. Mm. I haven't felt as inspired to document document it, it mm. and to take the time out to document it. And it's really funny because a lot of people are like, wow, you know, you should really be documenting. And I nod and I say, yes, 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 I should. Yeah. Which is interesting because you know, I find it fascinating that the motivation isn't there because I'm out there doing it. And I feel that's a different thing. But I also feel, I know that what that third part of that Mary Oliver quote that I destroyed, (laughs) I would just like to say, (laughs) is an important one that, you know, to share it, to share the wonder is a really important part and to share the challenges and to share the joy and the, you know, all of the whole thing is really, is, is really important. But I haven't haven't found – I feel like my voice has changed. It's like my mm. voice broke or something mm. and I've got to find how my, my new voice, you know. I've got to find my new You've voice. You've finally gone through puberty. I do. Look at me, <laughs> nearly 40 and just about to go through puberty. Yay. Thank goodness for that. Oh, it's, But it's true. I guess it is – it is a. It's been. A, it is an adjustment, and maybe that's because I'm having midlife crisis. <laughs> or maybe it's a midlife recalibration. Yes, I do. I do feel. I do feel. I rather than a crisis, I do feel incredibly positive about it, and I think there is that part of me that finds it really hard to, because I don't want to be a part of the comparisonitis thing and I know you you you've spoken about this before that you sort of don't want to say wow look how amazing my life is it's fantastic because you know that's presenting one side of it and you just hope that everyone takes that vision and your and my general excitement of that you know my new life and and how much I'm loving it but also uh, I'm hoping that they also see the flip side that there's a lot of work involved and 
you know, that it is a bit scary mm. and, you know, there's there's inconveniences of living in a tiny home. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I don't think I will, you know, this is not a forever home for us, but we certain, certainly enjoy it. But it does have its challenges and I'm hoping people see that. But it's as much as you want to kind of share I'm like, for me, I want to share my joy, but then I also know how it can feel when you're not in that space and you're not having a great time and seeing this social media stuff of someone having a great time at a party or, you know, their new life or whatever is, is confronting. And I guess I just have to suck it up and do it anyway. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. It's, it's funny because it feels a bit like we have a lyrebird. We have quite a few lyrebirds on the properties and lyrebirds mimic the sounds of of things. And it's been hysterical in its own thing because they've just the lyrebird has decided to mimic my sons saying, Mom, <laughs> Mom, <laughs> Mom. And it's really funny because I go... I I know it doesn't sound quite right, but I react to it mm. anyway. And I feel a little bit like that's what I was doing before. Like I, I had my vision and this is the life that I was doing and I was presenting to the world. But I did feel a little bit like I was mimicking the vision in my, like I was creating something. I was mimicking something because I want, but it was actually a really useful thing to do. Mm. And so I don't feel critical of it but I do feel like I was sort of doing that thing of scratching around looking at what other people were doing and I was going oh yeah I'd like that and I'd like that and I'd like and so I was kind of I suppose creating a a vision board of Mm. my own life and to set that in motion so I don't feel critical of it but I'm just aware that it may not, it doesn't seem to resonate for me now. Like it doesn't feel the same now mm. as what it did then. So it's sort of the equivalent of earning your chops, you know, yeah. like when you're, as a performer. Yeah. You kind of have to go through that awkward process where you copy people that you would admire, even subconsciously, and you kind of, you know, um, kind of picking bits and pieces out of, other things and techniques and things that you're going to try out and kind of wear around for a while and see if they fit. And then on the other side, when you've earned your chops, you're kind of like, now I have something to say. I have my own two feet to stand on. I have my own point of view. This is where I'm at. And it's kind of like you're in that process of coming out the other side and going, well, like I did it and I know what that looked like and felt like for me. But now here I am and it's kind of like a recalibration to... Yes, and yeah. it's quite... It feels a whole lot more vulnerable yes. because I have Because then active, it's you. Yes, it's <laughs> It's you. Get my jazz, let me get my jazz hands out. Razzle dazzle. Like, woohoo, it's me. Ta-da, I'm here. Uh, and it's, it, is, it does feel a lot more exposed and a lot more vulnerable because it is the choice that I've made mm. and it is the active... I have... I have actively chosen this and I have actively pursued this and I have it and I do love it and I have to find the confidence in myself to go, yes, this is what I love Mm. and this is what I wanted and, yes, it comes with 
pluses and minuses but for me I do feel like the pluses outweigh the minuses Mm. Uh, and it yeah because it's a lot of it is a lot of hard work but and a lot of saying yes this is me yeah I love it I love it I love this house I love this view I love the smile on your face it's so it's tops Thanks, mate. Jack Rabbit FM for your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck.